the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober with Alex and Lisa. Season three is sponsored by IPHM, an accreditation board for holistic therapists and training providers around the world. I'm Alex, one half of the Sober Experiment. And I'm Lisa, the other half. Hiya. Hi. I actually feel all right saying hiya because this is the first time we've spoken today. It is by real voice anyway. Yeah, even though I've been sat here for the last 10 minutes waiting for you like a right goon. Yeah, but you said then on that message that you'd sent me a text message, but I haven't got one. It's in Telegram. Oh. <laughs> it just says, still on for 1.30, question mark, blanked, ghosted. <laughs> well, you should have rang me, you dipstick. <laughs> I know, I should have done, to be fair. It wasn't like a very explicit, I'm here waiting for you. <laughs> I know. Well, how have you been? Yep. I've been all right. Nice night, didn't you? You are. You had some weird dreams last night. Oh my gosh. I actually did have the weirdest dreams. And I, I expect anybody listening now thinks I'm going to come out with this drinking dream that I had. <laughs> but I didn't. No, she's, she's called now Lisa Doolittle. <laughs> Honest to God, I dreamt that these animals were talking to me, but it wasn't weird. Like I was just having full conversations with a guinea pig, a dog and a cat. A guinea pig. I love the fact, I, I get the cat and the dog because you've got one of them. Where did the guinea pig come from? I don't know. In my dream, I thought it was going to be a mouse and I went through the fear of watching it come under the carpet and then it popped up and I went, oh, you're a guinea pig. I'm scared of them. And then <laughs> I went through the fear of picking it up and stroking it and just, then the cat came over to like, like have a look and I was like no no don't do anything and the cat was like no I just wanted to say hi I've not seen the guinea pig for ages <laughs> anyway moving swiftly on that is really funny but it wasn't as funny to you in it was it <laughs> no <laughs> which is even weirder I actually um I've got some helpline numbers that I will forward you later <laughs> thank you I can't believe you've made me discuss a bit of a dream right because honestly I think it's the worst thing ever having to listen to people's dreams and this morning I actually said to you oh I had um a weird dream we must have spoke today oh yeah we must have done on the phone that's weird <laughs> oh we speak too much that we don't even know it but yeah I'd said to you this morning um I had a weird dream last night and you said oh what was it about and I was really surprised because when people said to me I had a dream last night I literally start getting all agitated and think oh please don't be a long one please don't be a long one you always tell me about your dreams I don't even know if you know that but you do it a lot you tell me about dreams what a boring person I've turned out to be hang on a minute who's more boring you that's telling him or me that's going oh what was it about <laughs> Fair point, fair point. <laughs> I do like dreams, though. I really like them. You know, I was telling somebody yesterday, one of the first signs that I'm pregnant when I've been pregnant, every all five times has been, and I've known, obviously I didn't know first time because I didn't realise it was a thing, but dreams. Really? Yeah, like, like straight after I must have got pregnant, before I'd, before I'd even get a positive pregnancy test, I'd have really vivid, weird dreams, but definitely not about talking to guinea pigs. <laughs> no, that is a bit weird. I always think there's something in dreams, like that they mean something. So I, I, they do quite interest me a little bit um, to try and figure out what's going on or what my inner thoughts or anxieties are when I look but genuinely I can I don't know why I was talking to animals 
I, I could kind of get the talking to animals, even though that's never happened to me. But talking to a guinea pig is the weird bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to look at what a guinea pig means. Like, what is the meaning of dreaming about a guinea pig? I'll no, I think it's more than that. I think it's that when you can't see something, like you thought it was a mouse because you couldn't see it because it was moving on the car. Yeah, I was scared. Yeah, But then when you were faced with it, you were able to pick it up and talk to it and deal with it. I think that's about like facing your fears. Alex, that's a really good analysation. <laughs> I love that you just realise you don't know what the word is there. <laughs> analysation. Yeah, I it was really well analysing. It was a good anal- analyse. I can't even say the word you've made up. That's because it's not in the dictionary. <laughs> Good word. But yeah, um, dreams, yeah. Usually it's better than talking about the weather like I do. Oh, no, you do like a good chat about the weather, don't you? Well, do you know what it is? I don't even like it. And I know it's a weird thing to say, like, when people don't have conversation, they go, what's the weather like? It's just like a really bad habit. (laughs) And I go, what's the weather like there? And then I think, why have you asked that question, you dick? Did you just do it when you got in taxis? Like, oh, have you been busy tonight? Oh, all the time. You finish it soon, you're knocking off soon. <laughs> Has it been busy? <laughs> what time are you finishing? I bet what you time are you on to? <laughs> oh, shut up, will you? What, what do you care? You're never, ever going to remember who I was, where I took you to or what you were doing. Which by You know what? Sorry, Alex. Do you think that sometimes comes from a fear of silence and, and trying to fill them gaps. That's something that I've been learning, you know. On I've started my meditation classes again. And this really weird thing happens at the end of my meditation classes, right? No, this weird, really weird thing happens at the start of your meditation classes, let alone at the end. Why? But there's classes that do these kind of things. You know what I'm like. I can't. Oh, I love my meditation classes. It's just like I actually make a full effort for my meditation class. I go, I set up my laptop in my motorhome on the drive. I like joss sticks. I get the smell right. I get the lighting right. And I really, and then I leave the house to go and do it. So it really feels like I'm going into this kind of sacred space and I love it. But what I've found, and this used to happen in the real life classes, and I'm finding that it happens on the Zoom classes and it freaks me right out. Mm-hmm. And it and it is silence. It's that whole being quiet. So like the meditation teacher will come on and she'll be like, hi, everybody. Hi, Lisa. Hi, so-and-so. And then everybody says hi. And then nothing, literally nothing. No, no noise, right? <laughs> Do you think everybody's sitting there thinking who's going to speak next? <laughs> well, because I went to the classes from the beginning, I always remember saying like early on, when you go up, try and sit in the silence, be mindful about it. And it was so abnormal to me because I am that person when you used to be waiting for a bus that would be like, hi, oh, look at the weather. <laughs> like, like, like what we just said. I had a dream about a guinea pig last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm so uncomfortable around silence. So if she'd have never have told me that on that day and it had never stuck in my head, I would think it was the weirdest thing ever and I'd, I'd be more anxious about it. But because she did, I kind of sit there and I'm really aware of my thoughts. And then I have a little look at people and think, are they saying, no, no, they don't look nervous. They're all quiet. So I'm practicing just being 
really quiet and it's quite interesting actually it's weird and then it happens at the end and then she'll say okay so if nobody's got anything to say then you know we'll we'll finish with such a thing so silence is part of the me- obviously you're silent in the meditation but you're meditating so you know you're silent then but when you're all awake and looking at each other like it's weird <laughs> yeah I can, I'd struggle I, mean, I struggle any I mean I think I talk in my sleep I talk that much I do I definitely do. You do weird things in your sleep from what you've told me. See what I mean? You're always talking about your bed habits. You're right. I shouted Ben once, you know, his bedroom's next to me and I must have been conscious of the walls. And I, I shouted him and he, he was like on the phone to his girlfriend at the time. So she heard it as well. And I was asleep, like fully asleep going, Ben, Ben. And he was like, what? And I went, stop eating the walls. And, <laughs> and I clearly remember, I dreamt that he was eating in the inside of the the cavities in the walls and that's why I could hear everything (laughs) you probably just could hear too much the mumbling and it was disrupting your sleep and stuff yes so weird so weird you know what my dad did once and um it proper makes me laugh this my mum told me she said it was probably drunk to be fair but she said she woke up in the middle of the night and he was stood in like a funny position on the end of the bed and he was stood on the edge of the bed and she said, then he started swinging his arms and actually dived off. He must have thought... He <laughs> <laughs> must have thought he was in the swimming pool. He actually dived off the bed head first on the floor. That's ridiculous. That's like that time when my ex-husband, I woke up and he was sat on me with his pants around his ankle. <laughs> Like, I've heard of peeing in the wardrobe, right? But it actually was, so he must have stood on the bed to sit on me and had his pants round his ankles and I walked. (laughs) Oh, my son. Honest to God. That's, like, proper funny. It is proper funny. That's the second time we've talked about him nearly pooing on you in this. That's so disgusting. Imagine if he'd have actually done a poo. Oh, I'd have been devastated. I'd have been <laughs> devastated. Your marriage would have ended a bit sooner. Look on the bright side. I can't believe it didn't end there and then. <laughs> oh, oh. You know what else I can't believe? And this is completely changing the subject, but I think it's needed is um, that you've only just watched Alma and Louise last night. I know, thank you for that recommendation, Alex. Um, yeah, you know, like, obviously I've heard of Thelma and Louise and I'm not a movie watcher, we've spoke about that before, I find it really difficult to actually sit and watch films. So when... and when you recommended it last night, I went and put my phone upstairs so I could sit and watch it and I actually really, really enjoyed it. Does it remind you of us? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Just the fact that one of them's in trouble, so they're both in trouble. And then even at the end, or don't, because because I've been so down this week, I proper contemplated like driving off a cliff with you. Well, I did suggest it. I did suggest it. <laughs> That's why I said, don't leave me here on my own, I'm telling you. No, we're going together. We're definitely going together. We have had a weird week, haven't we? We've had a, we actually, if we're honest, this is the second attempt at a podcast and so far, so this one will go out, but we did record a full podcast yesterday and we both came away from it saying, this is awful. We're not going to be able to release an episode this week. And it, it wasn't the content of it. It was just... I feel better today. I must do. 
yeah conversation but the whole tone of it just wasn't us was it oh we were like two negative ninnies and I know it's all right <laughs> to be you know we, we need to practice what we preach here about sitting with your feelings and you know it's all right that we are human and we do have negative days but honestly if anybody had listened to that they'd have been like oh well thanks for that girls cheers I'm just gonna go and like Get in the back of your car and be driving off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would have dragged a lot of people down. And the thing is, there's nothing to really feel bad about. It's just that we feel a bit stuck, don't we, with the way the world is and stuff like that. Yeah, it's difficult. And I think, like we said, um, it, we know we're not on our own with this. And I think if we can just bring a little bit of positivity and happiness to people when they are feeling stuck, because it's just, it is a mad... It's just shit, yeah. It's so shit. And if you know what, if you've got through today and you're actually here listening to this, then massive well done because it is shit. There's no doubt about it. So we've just got to try and do what we can, haven't we? Yeah, I was on the park last night um, with my little boy who's four and one of his friends had come after school. So the mum and dad had both brought him and I was chatting with them and she said, oh, you'll have to come to the street and let him play on the street. So obviously I'm not allowed in a garden. Not allowed. She said, you can stand on the drive and we'll have a drink. So I said, yeah. And I, honest to God, my mind didn't even go to alcohol. I just went, oh yeah. I said, I'll bring a flask of like a cup of tea or whatever. And she was like, oh no, I'm kind of an alcoholic one, right? So <laughs> the first time I looked like a dick, right? Because I'm going, oh yeah, I'll bring a mug of tea. Right? <laughs> She's like, I would do at three o'clock in the afternoon anyway. So um, I said, oh, I don't drink. Right. And like, she was like, oh, how does that work in lockdown? And I said, oh. I said, well, to be honest with you, I'm so glad I've been sober during lockdown because I don't know how it doesn't work in lockdown. Like, I cannot imagine being in a house where I've got access and willingness to drink wine because it had been awful for my kids. It had been awful for me. It had been awful for everybody. So I had this big chat with her and um, her husband about it. And, um, you know, he was he was saying, like, to get through that is incredible. It's amazing to be like that. They were dead respectful of it, dead lovely. I said, listen, I still have fun. I was like, <laughs> still have fun. I still go out. Yes, I can still come places. If you want me to come, I can still come. I can I still do a headstand. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you a headstand. <laughs> yeah, my people, please, inside coming out. Please invite me still. <laughs> but it was really lovely and it was nice to have that conversation with people who didn't know me. And feel so confident in my sobriety. And how lovely as well that they didn't judge it. You know, it's really nice that because it does happen so much that we get judged by saying that we're not drinking. So how refreshing and lovely. I think things are changing. Yeah, I'd, I mean, he was like particular. I mean, both of both of them were very respectful of it. Just like, oh, well done, it's brilliant, and all the rest of it. But he was very curious about about it as well, and wanting to ask me about it. And then afterwards, I was like, I'm really sorry, I've done nothing but talk about masks and sobriety. You must think I'm a nutter. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, yeah, this is the opinionated one now. We're not meeting her. <laughs> no, we said about coming to the driveway. Yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, you stick to the end of the street, love. <laughs> we'll see you in the park in a month <laughs> it was a bit like that but yeah it did get me thinking though having those conversations and I was talking about like you know I did that Nicole live the other day and obviously it's coming up more and more for me and I do feel 
and we, we started to talk about this yesterday and I, I think doing it slightly differently might be helpful but the whole idea of labels and comparing yourself to other people and feeling stuck all the time because by giving up drinking you're admitting to being an alcoholic and you don't yeah. want to be an alcoholic and you know and what that label brings and like I said on the live that I did he actually looked up the definition of alcoholism and alcoholic and it just means somebody who depends on alcohol and that's all it means yet we're so scared of the word alcoholic we are scared of it because and I know we speak about this a lot and the kind of impression that we have of what an alcoholic is and what and we I think do you think we've grown up with this you see it on tv programs and films the alcoholic is always like the scruffy old man drinking out of a paper bag so like it's sublimate this oh we can't even say that at least she's not making words at those vanilla yeah put into us from a very very young age yeah i think you're right and i think I think there's two things to it. I think, first of all, we are brought up believing, like you say, alcohol and alcoholic is up to me. Alcoholism and alcoholic. Sorry, can I just say, this is why Alex does the lives, right? Because I can't ever find my words. I, I do the posts. <laughs> Alex does the lives. I need, just, I need that time to think and write properly. It doesn't just come to me naturally. <laughs> It does. You just don't, you sell yourself short. But yeah, no, alcoholism and being an alcoholic is so negatively painted, like you say. Why would you want to be that? But just that very, like, perception of it and the image and the stereotype of it is what keeps you there because all the time and I did a post about this on my personal Instagram today all the time you've got somebody and I'm going to do this in like little air inverted commas worse than you <laughs> worse than you there's always someone worse than you so you as long as you never get to that point then you can't be that bad what we have created the stigma ourselves as a society that's a funny thing. Do you think we've done it to kind of protect ourselves? Like like you say, it does stop us questioning our own drinking because we have this, our own version of what an alcoholic is. So for years and years and forever, I never thought I had a problem. In fact, it wasn't until I'd stopped drinking for even a very lot, like months and months and months. And then things started coming to me. The more I started reading about it, the more I started hearing about blackouts, the more I started remembering all the trouble I'd got myself into. Then I was like, oh, actually, I have had a problem with drinking. And that didn't come until a good six, seven months after stopping, you know. I didn't stop because I thought I had a problem with drinking. No, I know. And you stopped because you wanted to. I stopped because I felt shit. I was sick of waking up rough all the time. I was sick of losing my weekends. I was sick of the anxiety and the dread that I would wake up with. I never, ever realised that it was drink that was making me anxious all week. And and then obviously my at that time, my I needed to be about, I needed to show up and be a parent. I was going through a marriage breakdown. My kids were going wild. So I stopped because it wasn't fitting in with what I needed to do as a parent. But it wasn't until months and months and months later 
that I looked back and thought, actually, you had a problem. You needed to stop because the reason all this was going like it is because you were going out drinking and doing these things. So Because you had a problem. Yeah, but I would never, ever sit there. And the thought of like going into a group like AA, I went with my ex-husband once. And before, the, oh, he, he loved to talk. He were, he were a lot like me, really. So he couldn't wait for his turn to be like, hi, my name's so-and-so and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> he, he loved it and he loved saying it, like for him. He, but, but I feel like he used it as an, he, he drinks again now. Um, I spoke to him the other day, actually. In fact, yesterday. Oh, yeah, you've got, I've got a text message to remind you last night that you need to tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and I mean, in fact, I'm going to say it on here because he was actually saying to me about drinking and it, um, he was asking how be sober we're going and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, yeah, it's really good, blah, blah, blah. And then he'd said, oh, you know, even like, even though I drink now and I can't even believe he said it, and he'll know one day when it starts going wrong again, he will know. He was like, you know, I just I don't drink wine anymore because you know it made me feel really bad and he's like you know I had an oyster and that made me feel sick so I'll never have oysters again because I will poorly off it it's the same with wine it's the same with stronger drinks so I only drink weak, weaker beers now and I was like oh my god I've been through so many years of listening to this absolute bullshit of I only drink, you know, like I'm not yeah, drinking yeah. wine anymore. Like, have you forgot what it. you've been through? Have you forgot what we went through? Have you forgot? And it was really like, it was dead sad. Yeah, really, yeah. He's, he's fighting and going through that all the time. He's just not ready yet though, is he then? No. You know, because I did the same thing, you know, for a long time. I cut out red wine because I believed it was red wine that made me into a psycho. He's had that conversation though with you, like when, yeah, yeah. Do you remember, like yeah. when he first stopped and he was feeling amazing because he was. It, it weren't just a little bit of trouble that we had with his drinking, so it, it made me dead sad. But yeah, he's had that conversation where we blame yeah. the drink and we, yeah, yeah. and and do you know what. It, I, it wasn't long till I could drink as much white wine to get me in the same state and as much beer to get me in the same state. You know, yeah. nothing to do with the drink. It just was the level of alcohol in my blood would turn me into that person. So you, now you're saying, yeah, I do have a problem or I did have a problem with alcohol. Do you still not think you were an alcoholic? No, I can't say it. Can't, no, it freaks me out. I, I, like, it just does, which makes me mad. I'm mad at myself about this because, like, so what if I was? Like, if somebody came to me and said I'm an alcoholic, I'd be the first one, you know, like, to praise them, to, but, you know, it yeah. takes so much courage and strength to say that. But I am so frightened of being attached to that label because of what other people think right. I can't say it like what so, is up with me so is it the label that needs removing or is it the image of what the label represents that needs dealing with this is what I it's obviously the image of what the label represents isn't it and the fact right. that when you see like on tv programs where they go to AA 
and they, they've built this thing up to say I'm an alcoholic and, and it always ends like the dum 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 for at the end ends when they sit there and go I don't know where I've seen this I'm sure it's been on sounded TV. like EastEnders it did and I don't <laughs> even watch television anymore but that, that's surely not changed but yeah it always ends like dum 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 um, EastEnders dum 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 go on do it oh. <laughs> That's the wrong. That's the wrong side for us. Anyway, we should have been doing Coronation Street one. <laughs> yes, that's how it always ends. So let me just say this then, right? And I'm going to put this out there that in order for us to truly, and I know we're not even there ourselves yet, but in order for us to truly help with removing the stigma around alcoholism, we either need to get rid of the label alcoholic altogether because it's not a ta- you're not a heroinolic. Or a tobaccoaholic. Okay, so we either need cakeaholic. That and what? A cakeaholic. Oh yeah. You are a shopaholic though. And are you a sexaholic? Oof, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean you personally. <laughs> but anyway, so we either need to get rid of the label alcoholic altogether. It goes. That's one way we could remove the stigma because the name doesn't exist. Yeah, but how do you remove? Uh, how do you get rid of that? Everyone, well, you don't do. You just it. have to not say it. We just everywhere we go, we just have to say, "I'm uh, yeah, alcohol dependent, alcohol dependent, alcohol dependent." I don't even want to say that. I want to say none of your business, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> or, or what we have to do is say, right, you know what? To be an alcoholic means somebody who's dependent on alcohol. If I look just at me, and I'm on about purely me now, did I depend on alcohol? Well, you know what? Yeah, I depended on it for fun. I depended on it to cry. I depended on it to socialise. I depended on it to cope with stress at the end of the day. So if being an alcoholic means somebody who uses alcohol to cope with life, then I'm going to put this out there that I was an alcoholic. You know what? Right. Thinking about this, you know when we've done our workplace presentations? Yeah. And the feedback we got because once we we got a bit like cocky with defensive, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, defensive, cocky, whatever you want to call it. But we did a presentation and we kind of said this about drink, and we went out there and fully tried to remove this stigma. And what happened? They said. People are scared of that. <laughs> they didn't like it. They didn't like it because what they said, I think evangelical was even... even was evangelical. Out. That's you, that. That wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but what we did is we tried to kind of say anybody can be dependent if you're depending on that nightly glass of wine and it actually scared the shit out of people that we were talking to they didn't want to hear it they did not because they wanted to think that an alcoholic was that person pouring vodka on the cornflakes when they wanted us in they wanted a story of how we were alcoholics and we'd got our life back together and what they got was actually we were dependent on alcohol we were just like you we were just like you nobody knew we went into work we had successful careers we had lovely jobs we we absolutely did it but what we did realize is we were dependent on alcohol and they didn't like it it scared them they didn't want to know that's the truth it's freaking annoyed me now because (laughs) it's the truth isn't it yeah so you know what we actually need to do is just keep telling our truth and if the diction alcoholic is one thing well 
I, for one, am actually going to explain it just like that. Alcoholic means this. Therefore, if you want to stick a label on me and define me, which you can or you can, I don't give a shit, stick a label on me if you want. And I won't be letting anybody stick a label on you. <laughs> if people want to, if you want to ask me, was I an alcoholic? Yes, because you know what? An alcoholic is someone who depended on alcohol, and I did depend on alcohol. What I'm not going to have is somebody calling me a recovering alcoholic because I don't depend on alcohol anymore. Oh, see, this is a whole new, a new one now. Like being, I'm not in, recovering now. Being in recovery. Yeah, you see, I don't feel like I'm in recovery. I feel like I'm in discovery. Oh, I like it. I do. Discovery, not recovery. I feel like I did go through a period of recovery. Yeah. I feel like you stayed, for me, I don't feel like I stayed in it. I recovered from the alcohol. I recovered from the mental health. And then I learned how to deal with myself and how to be myself. And I'm still learning. So I literally went from alcoholic, recovery, discovery. That's my new thing. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Shakala. Shakalaka, I love it. <laughs> While we're talking about labels, should we move on to some of the labels? Because I'm I'm quite annoyed at labels. Do you want to go for it then? Because I don't know what you want to talk about. Because the only label. Oh, can I just tell you something about labels? Yeah. This morning I did the entire workout with my leggings back inside out and the label was hanging out so i love it luckily that's only in our members only group so if anybody wants to see that they'll have to join us (laughs) yeah hopefully they didn't notice it but we'll see oh that's so that's another story right talking about things like that when um my ex-husband again he'd gone out um all night and in the morning i'd got up and his jeans were on the hallway floor and the label you know where it says the size in a clear plastic label all the way down oh no he had it been and he was really really clothes proud like he had to have the nicest named shirts and trousers and he'd have hated for anybody to think that he had new stuff on it had to be like it just had it yeah do you know (laughs) what I mean anyway I I remember I took a picture of it and put it on my Facebook and and like we're laughing at him because but he'd been out all night you know and I was dead glad (laughs) I was so glad because he'd not got home till a ridiculous time (laughs) yeah that little smugness of ha at least your label was on your clothes all night yeah and then plastered it all over Facebook (laughs) (laughs) nothing malicious there then come on talk about other labels right we had a bit of a chat about this the other day didn't we about labels and how like everything's going label mad like we feel like we've got to label everything and what I'd noticed was that like people are going on Instagram or social media and it's really cool to be like to take pictures of your bits that normally once you wouldn't have any liked anybody to see right so like your boobs get your boobs out that's what she's yeah like, like yeah and like people are showing like the cellulite and the and the rolls of fat and what have you right which is fine if they want to do that that's absolutely fine I'm not comfortable with it I don't know whether that means I'm not comfortable with myself but it's not something that I'm necessarily that asked about doing now I, I, don't, do I don't feel the need to show everybody but I don't think there's anything wrong with doing it if that's what you want to do yeah if it's about removing stigma but what I'm finding is that yeah it's great that people are trying to remove the stigma and saying this is what we really look like but 
people are getting like shamed for looking good. Oh, well, you know that rebel, the actress. Yeah, I love She's her. She's been as absolutely well. shamed, apparently, according to what my daughter told me, for losing something like five stone during lockdown. It was a lot of weight. Yeah. Shame because other larger ladies have said, We looked up to you for being a larger actress, and now you've gone and ruined it and all this. And I think it's wrong. If she wants to do something, if she wants to stay big, let her stay big, great. If she wants to get small, why not? Why should she not be allowed? It's really hard. And I just think, you know, it's... And what people kind of do, or what I've noticed, is people are putting pictures up and saying, this is real, unlike, you know, these pictures. And I get it. I don't think the world should be full of airbrushed... Um, yeah. So I, I completely do understand it and I get it. We do want real people. But let's not shame people for looking good either. Like, how yeah. do you... It, it's the same thing and I just think... It just makes me really sad. I just think the world is so weird at the moment. We're like... We've got to label everything. Like, everything. And I, I, by labelling things, are we not then excluding things as well do you know what I mean like I don't even know where I sit anymore no I, I completely get it because you know I still I'll be I'll be honest I'm I'm doing research and reading around anti-racism because I really don't get it yeah I don't get it Lisa I don't and it's not that I'm ignorant although maybe I am because some people say I am yeah, well that, that's the thing though I think you will get called ignorant because you don't know that when when yeah. all like with the black lives matter and we was like oh my gosh what do we do here because yeah we didn't know what to do did we? we genuinely did not know what to do when people were posting the black squares and then people weren't necessarily knowing what to do and then you've got people saying listen but be quiet you've got people saying put like um, follow these, but can you do it quietly and not comment? And that's yeah, and then you've got the people direct people to these groups. It's so it is hard to know. And I think that yeah, we both said we don't understand it enough to do anything. Did yeah, we? yeah. Going to carry on being ourselves, and that we we could get called. Well, we did. I had a conversation with somebody, and I was like, I just didn't know what to do, so I kind of stepped out of it. Um, and I know somebody that we not know got actually kind of shamed for trying oh, to say, God, I yeah. don't know what to do, so I'm stepping out of it, and I'm going to do my research. And then they got called for like, oh, you've made it about you and not about the thing. But then they didn't know what to do, and it's, it's just hard. so confusing. And it's like but, by saying you don't know you're being classed as ignorant and in all honesty did I pick up any of them books I haven't I was shit at history well I don't know that this is ignorance as well right but by it's hard for me to articulate it if I'm honest because you, I, I could be getting myself in a big hole here now by even saying it but because I've never really recognised discrimination, and that could be white privilege, get it, right? But because my friendship group, you know, I've never had just white friends. That's never been me. My yeah. group at university, every single one of us, our origins, our roots, our family background was of a different culture, every single one of us. So because I've always just lived like that and accepted that that's the way that everybody else is, 
to a certain extent that has made me ignorant because I didn't realize it was as big yeah it is saying it is and it is to do with your environment and your life and the way you're brought up I find labels incredibly incredibly hard now to deal with I do a work to be done there is a lot of work to be done and with everything though and that's that's like so so many you know um again no I don't really want to say who it is but somebody I know (laughs) um their son has actually removed their own name and called themselves like a colour name of colour and it yeah like well an actual colour was in purple black white red grey yeah all right okay yeah so an actual color because they didn't want to be labeled and and like so you meant as in giving themselves a name of culturally that belongs oh of culture no no like an actual name of of color like a color um, because they didn't they didn't want to be labeled and again that is learning again because that's something that I've not necessarily understood and I think there's just so much to learn there's so there is much always a lot to, to learn, learn about I everything think- yeah, and I think we've got to remember that, you know, just generationally, there is naturally ignorance. Yeah. Depending on when you were brought up, depending on where you were brought up, depending on your childhood experiences. Like I say, because of my teenage experiences and my friends being from so diverse backgrounds. Yeah. And never having issues between us, it seemed very alien to me that any person has been subjected to the hate that as that some people have been subjected to so yeah it made me ignorant it is hard yeah it is hard and i think that the, the main message we want to get across here is that we just struggle with labels <laughs> yeah yeah we do we do and now i feel really honestly i feel really bad now guilty yeah, I'd like just thinking about it because obviously we started with alcoholic then and we didn't, this is me and you all over. If anybody, if anybody's listening, I hope people are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is how our conversations go in general on the phone, isn't yeah. it? And we end up like starting with one thing and ending with something else. And now I genuinely feel so shit for not knowing and I do feel really ignorant but maybe that's a good thing to come out of this conversation because it'll spark curiosity in you in me because I feel like I need to go and read up yeah I do like isn't that a good thing yeah that's definitely a good thing and and hopefully people who are listening will say oh you know what they've got a point there I don't know much about it either and we're not trying to push an agenda here no definitely not definitely not that's like the last thing we want to do yeah but for us I agree it's it's just having this conversation and realizing how many holes are in it has made me want to know a bit more so it's a good thing it's good to have the conversations yeah it's good to have the conversations do you know what I'd really like in honesty, I would really like to get people from ethnic minority groups onto our podcast. Yeah. Talk about what being sober, particularly being sober, is like in the different cultures and different communities. Absolutely. Very worthwhile. Yeah, because sometimes we can, we, it's easy to think, you know, that we, because of how we stop drinking yeah. and our own issues or dependencies around it. There's genuine reasons and cultural reasons why people don't drink as well. And I think that would be really interesting. 
especially if they developed, you know, like, and I'm thinking specifically here about Islamic religion, namely because my auntie is married to a Muslim. Yeah. And the shame around alcohol dependency in that culture. Yeah. Especially it would be, it would be fantastic to hear from somebody, not that it's good for them, but it would be great to hear from somebody who's recovered from that kind of situation. We use every word there. Yeah. See what that, that experience was like, because I bet it's not been as positive as we found it. No. It's where also I was thinking about um, Mormon, like the Mormon religion, yeah. because I know, you know, one of my best friends growing up was Mormon and it yeah. was just so like they were never, ever going to drink. And I remember like sat there and I'd have a bottle of white lightning and they'd have a bottle of Coke because that was just as bad in their eyes from a very, very young age. It was like alcohol was just an absolute never, ever. Oh, no, yeah. But they were being rebellious by like drinking loads of caffeine. And what I found is like she knew all that I am only just learning when we were teenagers. Why didn't I listen to her? Like, why did I not listen? What did you think at the time? Did you think, oh, she's being boring? She's no, being... never. 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 In, no. So does it show you if it's done in the right way and you're educated in the right way? Yeah. Think that. No, I massively, massively respected it. And even when we were younger, if anybody tried to get a drinking, because there was occasions when people would say, go on, why are you not having one? Go on. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have been, because I was a bit gobby as a teenager, the first one to stand was, up for and say, don't you, was you a, master. You was a bit gobby. You were, you were a bit gobby as a teenager. Just only a little bit, but I stuck up for people. I would gobby yeah. to people that deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not now, are you? No. <laughs> no, but we did have this conversation that I've gone really opinionated and I need to cool it a little bit. I am aware of this. <laughs> I don't think you're really opinionated. I think no, I have. It's because I'm single now and nobody talks me round. So my what I say is right because nobody tells me I'm not. Yeah, so, she's just pushed her opinion on me and said, no, I am. I am opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I am I am a bit of pet. and I think I was when I was a teenager but I didn't like I didn't like people being not nice to people so I used to get myself Never in like trouble that. by sticking up for people that that's the only time I ever really did get into trouble I'd never ever start anything but yeah. I'd finish it <laughs> yeah I might not start this but I'll sure as hell finish it <laughs> Yeah, and it never did me any favours. I've got, to, I've got to admit, it didn't really. So, how do we feel about this episode? Do we feel a bit kind of weird now? I genuinely feel really nervous because because I didn't realise how much I didn't know about it, and I just want to be really honest and be like, yeah, I'm really nervous. Of like, I am. We might get like you ignorant set of. <laughs> Are we putting it out? Are people going to... Yeah, we're going to do it because... You know what? Isn't it? You know what? Showing the fact that... And and I'm saying ignorance in terms of our lack of awareness and lack of knowledge. Showing that can only be a good thing. 
Yeah, because we've we've kind of been concentrating for the last few years on sobriety and removing the stigma around sobriety. So when that kind of came up, it hit us and we were like, oh my gosh. And a part of me really struggles because there is so many labels and not labels and things to be worth things you're allowed to say things you're not allowed to say yeah how how can can we fight everything we we personally can can we be aware of everything can we you know what are the rules anyway you know i don't know the rules like i need a set of rules I don't know the rules. I don't. I always understand causes. Like I always understand causes. Like I understand a lot of the statues being torn down because they do represent a horrific period in history for some Yeah. But I also feel attached to it in a very kind of, oh, but that's a bit of our heritage. And that stuff did happen. So why, yeah. why are we... It's very, you know what I mean? Not why are we taking it down? Because I think it should come down, by the way. I do. Yeah. Down. It's, it's, it's just really difficult, Alex, yeah. I think. In the, we can, Like, if I'm really honest, and maybe somebody might want to change my mind on this, do we not all need to be maybe passionate about different things so we can fight for them causes? There's no, you can't split yourself everywhere and be like, dum, dum, dum. You know, because I, I really believe in protesting and fighting for what you believe in. I absolutely do but we can't all do it for everything because then nothing would ever get done would it no no I think you're right we're putting this out there yeah you are now hearing a genuine awkward conversation that we kind of have in the background regularly we have thing conversations like this yeah elves in knots then we wish but then we'll say things like good job that one on a podcast yeah, we say that a lot. You know, or sometimes we'll be like, oh, that should have been a podcast. Yeah, yeah. So this is going out there. Let us know what you think. Oh, don't. No, no, let us know. No, don't let me know. Let Alex know. <laughs> On that note, are we going to go? Yeah, we're going to go. Let's do it. I've got um, something bubbling away over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> All right, then, everyone, you take care and we will uh, see you next week. Unless we've been taken off air. Goodbye. Could have been. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.